Hey, Real Talk listeners, welcome back. We are literally on our last episode of the series talking through toxicity in the workplace. And Michelle, we are wrapping this series up talking about how we move on. And really, it's just two options, like you mentioned in the first podcast, right? Like either deal with it or leave the organization. Isn't that right? Well, (laughs) don't you hate when you have to say you're wrong? Yeah. Or is that just me? (laughs) Well, I mean, that's the standard response to this. It is the standard response. I've actually talked I'm, as I mentioned in a couple of the podcasts, I've done a lot of research to talk to a lot of people. This book is a compilation of multiple stories throughout my career, throughout my friends' careers, and throughout strangers' careers that have volunteered along the way. And even with them, a lot of times what I'll hear is something to the effect of quit whining or get out. And I'm embarrassed to admit that I have said that before. No not your only options. I will tell you, however, sometimes getting the hell out is your best option, whether you want to hear it or not, whether you're prepared for it or not. uh, It is truthfully your best option, but there are a number of options. And we actually go through four strategies in the book to help people. One we call avoid. Because why experience toxicity if you can stay away from it to begin with? And in that section, we talk about what to look for in the interview process that should cause you to ask more questions because it could be an indicator of an unhealthy working environment or toxic culture. And so that becomes the the first step survive, I think is probably the step that until recently, most people thought they had to deal with was just to survive it. And we definitely have some strategies to help you do that in the best way possible. And when I say the best way possible, what I mean is in a way that more likely protects your emotional well-being I don't mean you're going to be successful at work. Our goal, if you are in a truly toxic environment, our goal can't be how do we make you the queen of the castle or the king of the castle? It has to be how do we keep this from having long-term implications on your well-being? Then there's a section that gives me heartburn because of the particular situation I'm in, and it's called Thrive. The reason that Thrive is in the book is because we talk about different levels of toxicity, not just that extreme level, right? At that extreme level, I'm just going to put it out there right now. If you were trying to manipulate someone who has zero empathy or compassion, and you're trying to beat them, if you will, The only way you're going to do that is to do it from a place of zero compassion or empathy. So if you're willing to compromise your humanity just to win at at a job, you do you, boo. But I'm going to tell you, it's a dumb idea. Where you can thrive, however, is some of those 
less toxic places, how we talked about in one of the podcasts, we talked about looking at the level of impact they have on your performance and the level of impact they have on your emotional well-being. So when you're not dealing with someone that's high, high, and maybe they're medium or low in those areas, those are the places where you can come up with some legitimate tactics to help you work better with that person so that you can thrive and grow and continue to be successful making your name in the organization. But when we are talking about those people who are those high tens having super negative impact, um, there's a section that I lovingly refer to as get the fuck out. Yep, that's what I said. Because I was trying to come up with a way to emphatically express if you deal with this too long, there will be consequences to your well-being. There will be. I have talked to people who have worked between six months to 18 months in a extremely toxic environment. And in a lot of those cases, it took that person three to six months just to recover from the mental abuse and the gaslighting that happened in that environment and to be able to move forward to a job that they actually felt like they were qualified for. In some cases, I talked to people who took steps back because even though they knew they had to have a job, they were still holding on to that belief that they weren't qualified and couldn't do anything. And so they went back to individual contributors or lower levels of leadership because they believed the messages that they were told in that environment. So what we provide with you in this section is some honesty around assessing your situation and realizing that there is no level in this piece, I always sigh when I say stuff like this because this came from an article of somebody who was claiming to be super smart offering advice. And they're like, what can you do to survive a toxic leader or to thrive with a toxic leader? And almost every single time, every single article I've ever read says some version of bring your happy face to work. Guys, I'm going to be honest with you. Your happy fucking face is not going to help anything that's happening inside your head. The stories inside your head are not going to change because you bring your happy face to work, okay? So when we're talking to clients that are looking for career coaching or trying to figure out what they should do next, what we do is what we're going to do in this chapter, which is make sure you understand you are putting your mental well-being and your future at risk because you are staying. So sometimes the answer is, let's come up with a smart strategy to get you a new job, to build your confidence so it's a job that you deserve. And let's do that while you're in that place, but let's do it purposefully so we can get you out as quickly as possible. I think I finally decided based on some of my interviews, I don't have proof of this, but based on some of my interviews, I've decided that for every month, and this is if you don't talk to a therapist, for every month that you work in a toxic environment, 
it takes you like a week of self-discovery and honesty to get over the beat up that you experience. So somebody that's in a toxic environment for a year, um, it could take you a quarter of a year or three months just to overcome that. Probably move a lot faster if you're willing to reach out for help from someone who has supported people who have been emotionally manipulated. You'll probably get there faster, but if you're not willing to do that, and let's be honest, people in intimate relationships, the mental abuse in intimate relationships is dramatically underreported everywhere in the world. I mean, physical abuse in intimate relationships is underreported. Mental abuse even more so. So if we're not even willing to talk about it in our personal lives, very few people are going to show up and be like, my boss was mean to me because that's what it feels like when you do it. It's like, am I really that person who's like, my mo- my boss was mean to me. Yes, you need to be that person. You need to get out and you need to seek someone to talk to and you need to go through some truth chats so that you realize that the shit you were hearing was not actually true um, and you can recover from it. So there are really four strategies. I know I rambled a whole bunch there because as with everything we talk about in these podcasts, I have a lot of passion. I don't know what to tell you. Your choices are avoid, survive, thrive, or get the F out. Yeah, I think that's helpful because I think there are obviously, like you mentioned in the first podcast, there are lots of different recommendations and feedback. And it's like, well, suck it up, buttercup, you know, or leave the organization. And I don't think that's as supportive. Um, What's interesting is psychologists will also mention like when you take a look at toxicity in the workplace or how to work with a peer who is toxic or a leader who's toxic in an organization, it's actually and can be in some cases, especially when you take a look at manipulative uh, toxicity in the work environment, you're better off at looking at self-help books that are related to domestic emotional and physical abuse, right? Because you are then you're probably going to get better self-help by looking at it if you were in that quote-unquote battered wife syndrome type of situation. Yep, you nailed it because the feedback from a work environment is just too glib because corporate America in particular was built on the concept of emotions don't belong at work. And so when we talk about healing from emotions at work, it becomes, oh my God, quit whining, it's a job. But the reality is every single thing that you would read in domestic violence situations or domestic abuse situations or intimate intimate partner violence, let's, let's call it that. So IPV, intimate partner violence, which can be physical violence or emotional violence, Every single thing that applies, applies in the workplace. Just the terms feel weird because they were based on the concept. I even hate to say the concept 
of love relationship because dude, that is not love, but it was based on that concept of that kind of love relationship. And so when you hear things like love bombing, you're like, really? I'm telling you every single thing translates. You just have to be willing to see how it translates. You're like, and for those of you who have no idea what love bombing is, it's usually, it usually happens at the beginning of the relationship and it's where they really build you up um, and make you feel loved, make you feel supported, make you feel appreciated, really make you feel like you are the only person in the world that matters to them. And that's that first layer of creating the manipulation that's going to come later, which is going to be, they're going to isolate you from everybody else because you are the only person that matters to them. And that absolutely happens in a work environment. I have experienced it where I spent three months being praised for showing up on time. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. Or I would hear things like, oh my God, I could just listen to you all day. Um, And in my head, I'm like, that is the dumbest thing anyone has ever said. But it was, it's that, how do I build you up to make you feel special? Because in the end, that's going to be important for me to be able to hang on to you in this abusive, toxic relationship. So yeah, I would, very first thing I would do if I were you, pick up a book on gaslighting or uh, manipulative techniques that narcissists use. You can type in personality disorder instead of narcissist. But if you look for those tactics, you're going to be able to immediately see Yep, that's exactly what's happening. It's just happening in the element of work versus in the element of your house. Yeah, great feedback. This has been a fantastic series, Michelle. I think if you had any last minute closing arguments to this to to kind of put a bow on the entire uh, series, what would you leave with our listeners? Can I do two bows? Sure. Did you just say put a bow on it? (laughs) There's a backstory to that, folks. One day we'll tell you about it. I'm going to put two bows on it because I like a glitter. (laughs) Okay, bow number one, ask for help. There are lots of career coaches in the world. We're not the only ones. I would tell you to look for someone who is focused on helping you through a difficult situation and not just trying to help you find your dream job. Because all too often, what a career coach does is try to help you find the job that is best suited for your personality and to prepare you for that process through interview practice and stuff like that. You want someone who can understand a toxic environment and understand how to get you out of it with as little damage or at least as little lasting damage as possible. So the very first thing I would do is say, seek help. I was lucky. I had coaches before and and a therapist before I walked out of this environment. But I also have incredible friends like Maria, my friend Michael, my friend Robin. So a lot of people who help people in the world of HR or people in HR who help other people. And so I was able to get really great advice from 
those people that I'm lucky enough to call my friends. Um, if you don't have that support system that is knowledgeable enough to help you through this, reach out to us, dude. Even if all you want to do is talk for 30 minutes, let somebody help you figure out that there's a better way than the way you're currently living. And then the last bow that I'm going to put on this is toxicity and the mental abuse that results from a toxic work environment is all of our problems. It is every single person's problem. And there are definitely some people in that ecosystem that frustrate the frick out of me because they participate in the abuse, even if they're not the one dispelling or dispelling the abuse, they participate in the gathering of information and stuff like that. We've got to stop. Um, I was having a conversation. Uh, I was lucky enough to do mommy daughters weekend with my sisters and my mom and I was having a conversation with my sisters about the book and my younger sister said, you know, it's interesting. We never talk about how toxic work environments are basically an extension of high school drama and bullying and cliques and all of that crap taken to an extreme as an adult. And how do we get ahead of it in like a school system so that we can stop it so that it doesn't exist anymore? It is all of our problems. If you see it and don't say something, I need you to go home and put a little check in the mirror saying that you made it acceptable for someone to behave that way. If you walk away, if you spread your own lies because you're trying to protect yourself, all of those things that you are doing to avoid being the target of a toxic person it makes you part of the problem. And so that means we're all part of the solution. Love that feedback. You do such a great job with bows, just by the way. So uh, <laughs> listeners, thanks so much for tuning into this series. We have more to come uh, in, in the next part, uh, part five series. So Stay tuned. We're going to leave you with that. You're just going to have to tune in to our next series. Take care until next time. Bye.